AgriTalk is brought to you by Case IH. Solutions for every challenge, equipment for every farm. Case IH, built by farmers. And by propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. And by Grounded. Spray smarter and improve herbicide performance with Grounded, a multifunctional adjuvant from Helena. Welcome to 2024. We're going to ease into the new year. We're going to take a look back at some of the lessons learned in 2023, what we learned from the 2023 used machinery market, and we'll wrap up with some conversations about giving crops every chance possible to set a new record and how to make sure your animals are ready for peak performance in 2024. Virtually live on this first day of the rest of the year via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This morning, we'll hear from Greg Peterson, Machinery Pete. Then we'll empty the cookie jar of interviews Chip recorded at NAFB's Trade Talk. I'm producer Big Apple Joe Stackler, and now the host of AgriTalk, Chip Flory. All right, Big Apple Joe, welcome to 2024, buddy. Yes, sir. Uh, I trust everything is safe. Yes. Good, good, good. That's good to hear. Yeah, I, I hope that everybody had a safe and uh, and uh, good New Year's Eve and we're setting the stage for a profitable and prosperous 2024. Welcome to AgriTalk. I'm Chip Flory. Davis is out. He'll be back with us tomorrow and for the rest of the week. Uh, hello, 2024. Wow. It. it it, what have you got in store for us in the year ahead? That's what I want to know. And and what did we learn from 2023 that we need to have top of mind as we launch into this new year? Um, I want to start with interest rates on this one, okay, guys? It, it, they're done going up, we think. They might go down, we think. But I think the talk of lower interest rates is way overdone at this point. Uh, we're going to have to take some of the bullishness, some of the yeah, some of the bullishness that's been injected into the equities out to reset for the rest of the year. I don't think there's any question about that. Now, does it happen all at once, or did we just kind of whittle away at the, at the S and P 500 over the course of a month or so, and and kind of realign with reality on? What's going to be happening with interest rates? Or do we take it out all at once and just hit the, you know, rip the Band-Aid off and reset things? It, keep this in mind as we think about interest rates. Interest rate cuts normally do not happen just because an all-clear sign has been given. You know, an all-clear sign that that the rate of inflation is down to an acceptable level. Interest rates, in, interest rates go down when the economy needs stimulus. That's why I think we're going to see some tough economic reports before we get to the rate cuts. Um, And, you know, that's true if the Fed is as nonpartisan as it claims to be, as nonpolitical 
as it claims to be. If there are interest rate cuts done simply as a reward for slowing down the rate of inflation, then we're going to have to question all of that as we get into the elections in 2024. Consumer resiliency, it proved strong in 2023. Will it continue into 2024? There's a trillion dollars in credit card debt out there already. Delinquencies on those credit cards, on car payments, they're all starting to pile up. Uh, One thing that I will do is anticipate a record corn yield in 2024. Not a trend line yield, but a record corn yield. There are wide areas of drought that need to be corrected. I get that. And there is time for that. But the 2023 corn crop proved again that genetic improvement and management really matter. That's part of what I talked about earlier this year with Wiffle's Hybrids Agronomy Manager. We're back at the National Association Farm Broadcasting Meeting uh, down in Kansas City and uh, time for a conversation with Jared Goplin. He is the Agronomy Manager with Wiffle's and Jared, holy smokes, you want to talk about a crash course and learning what it takes to grow corn. We've experienced it the last two years, haven't we? Yeah, no kidding. Uh, we all thought it took a lot more rain, right? A lot of surprises this year, given the amount of uh, conversations about drought earlier in the season. Uh, of course, uh, a year to remember. Um, you know, it's been a lot of conversations as we wrap up some of our post-harvest discussions, trying to figure out, you know, what was going on with this crop and what built this crop. And, um, you know, water availability, soil types, you know, all those variables were, were huge this year. And, uh, you know, really incredible what some of the hybrids of today are able to do, uh, given some of the stresses we're, we're experiencing. Yeah, I, that was going to be my next question, is how did it happen? I, 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 yeah, the genetics, the hybrids that are available, it all plays a role. Management plays a role as well. But um, some of these areas performed way better than they should have. Yeah, there's been some uh, some work actually from Iowa State they had done that uh, every inch of water gives you about 17 bushels of corn. So if you start to do the kind of the math on, you know, what some of these areas uh you know, got for rainfall, some areas that had 10 inches of rain uh, still had 250 bushel yeah. corn. Well, that tells you there was a lot that was in the subsoil moisture. So a uh, big part of the, the variable there. Um, so I think, you know, that's part of it, uh, whether it was snow melt or just soil moisture recharge. Uh, you know, dry springs are also really good for root development. You know, I've got a, a neighbor that always said uh, we lose way more yield in a wet year than we do in a dry year, uh, especially when it's early season. So I think that was a big factor, uh, maybe one that we probably don't credit enough uh, in years, just having good conditions for root growth. Yeah. Uh, when those roots are able to penetrate down into that subsoil moisture, you know, it kind of gives you that buffer once you get into those hot and dry months of July and August. Um, you know, so that, that was a big factor. And then, you know, looking back at temperatures too, yeah. you know, in my mind, it was a hot summer. Uh, but for the most part, we were fairly moderate, maybe a little warmer than normal, but not excessive early. Uh, there was kind of three peaks in heat, you know, one late July and, and, and two in late August uh, and then over Labor Day weekend. Uh, but aside from that, it was a pretty moderate temperatures. Um, so I think, you know, that, that's obviously going to help out the crop just to help limp it along. And, and these areas got just enough rain to keep it going. Okay. So what did you learn from 2023 that's going to help you make the right decisions for 24? Yeah, of course, uh, you know, that's another big topic. You know, we can't predict next year, uh, you know, but uh, of course it's important to diversify, you know, plant a package. That's always a big part of our message. And, you know, really that's a big part of it. Uh, you know, we never want to rush in and, and make, uh, you know, any crazy decisions based on a single year of, of data, right? So you're looking back at some of your, how your hybrids performed, whether on a farm or at plot data. Uh, that's a big part of what we're doing right now is combing through that plot data and, and talking about trying to figure out why a hybrid performed the way it did. 
Uh, you know, next year is going to have different weather patterns. So, you know, it's, that's why it's always important to not only look at this year, but, you know, previous years as well, just to kind of put that together and, and, uh, and kind of minimize your risk going forward with a package of different hybrids, different products. Right. Okay. What's in the pipeline from Wiffles? Yeah, so we've had a couple of really strong release classes a couple of years. Uh, you know, two dozen new products in the last couple of years, and, and we're kind of combing through new ones to release this winter as well. So there's a lot to choose from. And if we think about the environment that these hybrids have went through, um, they've had a lot of stresses. So uh, we really have uh, had great opportunities to select new hybrids that can handle the stresses, but also have that upper upper uh, yield potential as well. Uh, a couple of new products we're really excited about. Uh, you know, 60 and 86 is 111 day. Uh, just really consistent across the board, yielding well in high yielding environments. Uh, in those areas that didn't get catch rain, doing very well as well. Uh, a lot of robust bus products around the 100 day lineup as well, as well as uh, you know around that 107 day mark as well. So uh, a lot of really great products going forward. And you know, like every farmer out there, I'm I'm really optimistic and looking forward to the 2024 season. Wouldn't it be somewhat if we'd get like an inch and a quarter, inch and a half of rain every week? For a growing season, yeah, well, that would be be excellent. I mean, a lot of comments this year, man. If we got another inch of rain, two inches of rain at the right time, uh, it really would have been incredible on what we could could get out there. So hopefully for next year, right? That's right. We'll keep praying for it. All right. Thank you so much, Jared. That is Jared Goplin. He is the agronomy manager at Wiffles. We'll be back with more AgriTalk here in a moment. got a new case ih tractor and it can do it all bail hay all day see in the dark with its powerful led lights hook up all the implements ship like a race car steer with ease and it can also cool my juice box yeah her case ih tractor can do everything she needs it to looking for a tractor that can do it all check out caseih.com Go on the offensive against weeds with Antares Complete from Helena. Antares Complete eliminates early weed competition with long-lasting residual control of broadleaf weeds and grasses. With a balanced premix of three herbicides, Antares Complete combats herbicide resistance and helps soybeans achieve a faster, more vigorous start to the season. Take a tactical first strike against weeds and protect your soybeans early with Antares Complete. Always follow label instructions and check registration before use. Contact your Helena representative to learn more. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Machine repeat here, folks. This segment of AgriTalk brought to you by our friends at Dakota Ag Innovations, makers of Dakota Shine, the best way I've seen to fix faded paint. Go to dakotashine.com or call 888-996-7801. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm your host, Chip Flory. Glad that you are with us on this New Year's Day, 2024. 2024. Here we are. Open the door and... Let's just go rolling right into it with a conversation with Greg Peterson, Machinery Pete. How you doing, Greg? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Chip, and Happy New Year to all listeners out there. And 
yeah, I guess we'll have to get used to 24. That doesn't sound yeah. possible, but here, like you said, here we are. Let's go. <laughs> Dude, I know it. It, it, uh, it is really, really weird. And, and for a kid that was born with a five at the end of his birth year, <laughs> that, that next big milestone is coming up really, really quick. Man. Uh, they, they come faster, don't they? Oh, they do. They do. I guess it's from chasing grandkids now. Uh, hey, but as as we speed along with our yeah. numbers, getting older, hey, the grandkid part, uh, we just yeah. had our first in August, and uh, it's what all my friends told me, Pete, you're gonna, you're just gonna love it, can't describe it, and it's like, yep, you were all right. <laughs> you, were, you were exactly right. Exactly <laughs> right. Okay, you know what? We're not gonna do a pick of the week. Uh, there were some auctions in the latest week as we got into the end of the year, but Greg, with everything that happened in 2023, and I can't, I, I can't recall the number of times specifically that that you said, "Man, this was the hottest week we've ever seen." Man, this was the hottest week we've ever seen. It happened a few times in 2023, didn't it? Yeah, I did. Uh, I mean, whenever the the market decides to turn, whether it's, I'll be really interested when the calendar flips and we take out the year-end tax buyers, but. You know, regardless, whenever it does turn, I'm sure we'll look back on this period of from late, late 2020 through whenever it, you know, quits doing what it's doing as, you know, it'll just be the hottest period that ever was in the used farm equipment market. It's been unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. And some of the things that happened in 2023, it took a little bit of detective work to try to figure out exactly what was going on, why the market remained as hot as it was, even as the supply of used equipment started to increase. Yeah, you know, I think, Chip, you're right. I, 2023, to me, the biggest story is, is like you say, the changing supply side, both new, but even more so on the used market, because we were coming off of absolute never-before-seen historic lows from 21 through 22 um, so we did start to see used, you know, inventory on dealer lots rise around the country. Now, what's been really interesting is in our shared collective past through the ups and downs of the ag cycles and, if, you know, listeners, you, you guys have seen everything. I mean, going back to the seventies and eighties and, um, you know, rising supply of used always meant, okay, well, hmm, guess what? Used yeah. values are going to crash downward yeah. and, you know, it, it's different. Now, now there have been some softening. Used combines, number yeah. one, but even compared to the the downturn we saw a year ago, when uh, late 13, 14, 15, it was the biggest drop I've ever seen in my 34 years tracking used values. This one is not that, and it surprises people. Um, but underneath it, <clears throat> some interesting things. So, yeah, we all know the number of farm equipment dealers is much smaller mm -hmm. and these smaller dealers are huge humongous you know 20 30 40 50 60 70 stores plus now multi-state yeah. deals and what i saw happen in 23 chip was that these the fewer number of dealers and i've been saying for a couple of years now you got to pay attention to this folks because these guys are different gals too mm -hmm. i mean they're capitalized different and when the market turns, so when used inventory started to go up, what, what I saw on my end tracking things on the auction market was that from July through December, we saw a huge amount 
of late model high horse tractors and combines pushed onto the auction market. And and I just do my thing. I just say, hey, here's what they brought. Boom, 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 boom. And with large horsepower tractors, it was fascinating. So let's take one example, like a John Deere 8R410. Okay. Just just a couple years old. So I saw 26 of them sold from August through December. Now, that's a lot in a one short four-month time period. And if you know, we saw them go as high as 437, as low as 329. If mm-hmm. you crunched them together, the average auction price during that four-month window is 392,986 bucks. So just under 393. Yep. Of course, our machinery repeat business, we also compile uh, dealer advertised prices. And mm-hmm. if you look today, the average dealer ad price on an 8R410 is 483,562 bucks. And I have this uh, data point. We call it our machinery peat ratio, MPR. Yeah, yeah. Super simple. Average auction price divided by average dealer ad price. And I've been compiling it like 23 years now. All through the ups and downs of the egg cycles, 71 to 76% is average. Right. If if you do the math right now on a John Deere 8R410, the machinery peat ratio is 81.3%. Yeah. So people... One of the other things I think we'll talk about, the big trends of the year was a huge push towards pre-def. You know, everyone wants it. And I'm not denying that's been a huge story, but I've never seen this before. When a supply goes up that much on used late model and they're pushed out to auction and the auction price is over 80% of the retail asking price. Right. Compared to a decade ago in, in 14 we got down under 60%. Right. And the so lots again, filled up with equipment. Right, right. So yeah. to me, this all this, I could boil this down. This is, these larger dealers are trying to get ahead of it. Yeah. And they don't want stuff to pile up. So they got really, you know, they're a little spooked. So they started pushing out combines and pushing out late model tractors. But they what's helping this along is one of the other big changes is, you know, the whole growth of online only and online bidding. Yep. Since the pandemic. So now you're, if a dealer's in three states and they put 30 combines on an auction, their buyers are from like 40 states. Right. And that wasn't the case before. And so I think one takeaway for me is that the whole space, you take this up the chain to the manufacturer level, they want to retain pricing power. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, stockholders like that, blah, blah, blah. Right. And now they have conditions to better do that. Now it'll like say when the calendar flips, we'll see what happens. But to me, this was a huge story this year. It's it was Greg, just the changeover and the way that they're managing inventory. uh, It's being driven by the cost of money in part. Uh, You don't want, you don't want debt sitting out there on the lot. You want it moved to the market. Right. And and, uh, it's, it, it is a significant change in the way that the markets are, are that this market well, is functioning. So. Here's another data point for you. Let's look at a John Deere S780 combine, just mm-hmm. a couple years old. Like I say, from July to December, whoosh, dealers, these big dealers pushing them out. Yeah. So I saw 184 S680 sold at auction in 23. Now, you know how many I saw sold in 22? 38. Oh. And the year before in 21, 40. So over six times increase 
well, whatever that would be, 40, I guess, uh, four and a half. Yeah. You know, it's a humongous increase in the volume sold at auction. And now they yeah. did drop, they did soften. But my machine repeat ratio on John Deere S680 combines right now is about 61%. Okay. And again, a decade ago, it was more like 52%. Okay. So this are these big dealers just jamming them out to get ahead of the market. And then again, more online bidding from all yep. over. And the, the whole space, the used excess is moving more efficiently. That would be yep. a way to describe it versus 10 years ago. Yep. Yep. We've only got about 90 seconds left here, Greg, but another trend that was clear in 23 is the move is the demand for the pre-def uh, tractors. You mentioned it. Yeah. There's just so many examples. I mean, pick your color. I mean, John Deere 4440 for 85K, a case 8920 for 125 and a quarter and 80, 8940 for a buck 48. We've just seen records smashed throughout the year, Chip. And it'll be interesting again when the calendar flips take away our year-end tax push to see what happens. But uh, no, that's just, it, that wave has just been increasing, not just with tractors, also yep. combines and uh, right down the line. Yep. And back to where this conversation started. We're getting older. We're watching the industry get it older with us here, Greg, but it's having an impact on, on uh, the auction market. Yeah, it is. I'm seeing, you know, a lot of my auctioneer friends in their 70s and 80s, unfortunately, we're seeing, you know, folks pass away and we're seeing dealer folks retiring after 40, 50 year careers, all that gained knowledge in the service end, retiring. Uh, Farmers, a lot of my farmer friends, I had a guy did a preview video for two years ago, Clinton Frena from Calmer, Iowa, just saw it. He had his old bit and just passed away. So yeah, time marches on and it changes. It doesn't make it easy, but You know, we just keep pushing forward, do the best we can, I guess. Absolutely. We'll do the best we can in 2024 as well. There, it's starting to happen already. It's starting to roll right (laughs) off the tongue here, Greg. Hey, we're getting there. You teach old dogs new tricks. Yep. Happy New Year, my friend. Thank you. You bet. Happy New Year, Uh, folks. All right. That's Greg Peterson, Machinery Pete. We'll be back with more AgriTalk in a moment. Time for Markets Now with the experts from ProFarmer. Let's take this opportunity to do just a bit of looking back at some of the predictions we made this time last year. We lobbied hard for the 2022 event of the year, the 22 event of the year, to be China's quick clearing of the red tape to allow imports of Brazilian corn. As a matter of fact, I went as far as to say, I'm afraid that in six months we are going to be looking back and say, wow, that was a game changer. Was it ever a game changer? China's willingness to import from last year's record Brazilian corn crop is a major headwind for the 2023 and will be for the 2024 crop U.S. corn market. Another one, at the end of 2022, the consensus pick for a market happening in 2023 was a move to new all-time high cattle prices. That happened. And the move to a cycle high was right on time. From here, cycle analysis, strictly cycle analysis, says demand deterioration will make a still tight beef supply feel like a burdensome supply at some point in 2024. Next stop in the 10-year cycle is a cycle price low due in 2026. At the start of 2023, one of my predictions was that biofuels, including ethanol, would have a comeback year. That comeback happened 
and it was led by the next-gen biofuels like renewable diesel and the sustainable aviation fuel. That's going to be a big story in 2024. We learned a lot from 2023, and I'm sure if we all keep our minds open to the possibilities, we'll learn a lot from the year ahead, too. My mom's got a new case IH tractor, and it can do it all. Bail hay all day. See in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Shift like a race car? Steer with ease. And... It can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her Case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out CaseIH.com. Go on the offensive against weeds with Antares Complete from Helena. Antares Complete eliminates early weed competition with long-lasting residual control of broadleaf weeds and grasses. With a balanced premix of three herbicides, Antares Complete combats herbicide resistance and helps soybeans achieve a faster, more vigorous start to the season. Take a tactical first strike against weeds and protect your soybeans early with Antares Complete. Always follow label instructions and check registration before use. Contact your Helena representative to learn more. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. Monday, Monday, so good to me. Welcome back to AgriTalk. Happy New Year, everybody. Man, that was an interesting conversation with Greg Peterson from Machinery Pete. Uh, the trends that we saw in 2023 and the way that the dealers are managing inventory so that it so that they don't end up with a burdensome supply of inventory out there on the dealer lots i think that's all very interesting it's going to have a major impact on uh on on that market in the year ahead We've got a couple of conversations left in the cookie jar from last year that I want to feature now. Uh, These focus on crop protection and are part of the reason why I think we need to prepare for what could or should be a record national average corn yield in 2024. Uh, And I think that the anticipation of that is going to influence your marketing decisions in the year ahead. Now, I'm not claiming that the corn crop is bulletproof, but I am confident that it can take a punch. The question is, how many punches can it take before we start to whittle away at that yield potential? We saw it start to weigh on conditions in West Central Iowa in 2023 with back-to-back-to-back droughts. Let's learn more about why we should be preparing for a record corn yield in 2024. At the National Association of Farm Broadcasting Convention down in Kansas City, a uh, conversation with Jeff Hartz, marketing manager for Cropland. 
And Jeff, it's a bit of a cropland's unique. It's an independent uh, seed brand out there. Why? Why do you want farmers to understand that cropland is an independent? Well, I think the biggest thing from our perspective is uh, being independent today in this industry allows you some some really unique advantages. We're able to look across the industry um, and you know really find what we believe is going to serve growers the best. So that's probably the one you know one of the uh, key components. I think there are other companies that also uh, are like minded, but you know there are advantages to um, you know being able to think for yourself and to go out and um, really do what you believe is going to, you know, serve the growers and the retailers you work with the very best. Yeah. So what, what about the marketing side of things? How does it different dealing with an independent as far as placing an order, as far as getting delivery and so on? Well, I think what's unique about Cropland, um, while we're independent, we're probably the only or one of the largest independent seed companies that, that focuses completely on retail. Yeah. So for us, that's a big part of the, the buying experience. And I think looking forward, especially we believe that retailer is going to be more important than ever in the purchasing decision simply because of all the complex agronomic decisions uh, that need to be made on that acre. And the, and the retailer's in an outstanding spot to understand those, understand all the products that need to be under consideration, understand the fertility, um, how to protect the crop. And, um, you know, so we feel like that that's a unique piece of cropland um, in that we're independent but focused solely on the retail channel. Well, when you're in the shop, you're talking about every you're making a plan you're not just buying seed you're making a plan for the full year from crop protection to the fertilizer to everything up and down the chain that's absolutely right uh chip i think we believe that uh, the people that are really really having a lot of success do not look at seed as a one-dimensional decision um seed can't be a one one-dimensional yeah. decision today because of all the again all the complex uh, agronomic interactions that happen on that acre. So if you're not building out that fertility plan, your crop protection plan, a fungicide plan, understanding where those dollars and which hybrids uh, to put them against and in which scenario, that's those are the things that are, um, you know, really helping growers succeed today. Yeah. You know, uh, we were joking before we started the conversation about how I keep getting these com- comments from across the corn belt of where in the world did all this corn come from? Well, the genetic push that we've had and the management push that we've had got us to 2023 making more bushels than we probably should have with the conditions that we had let's look forward more of the same coming yeah i think that the key word in almost every year it seems like it's just variability and this year we suffered you know dry conditions off a off a really wide footprint across the u.s and and like you said that the ability to handle stress and perform under really stressful conditions, especially in our, our you know, corn genetics, um, has really been surprising to a lot of people. And so, you know, another advantage that comes along with that, when you're developing your product lineup, you're working with your uh, testing program, you've got the opportunity then to look at and select genetics that, um, you know, that you've been able to witness and to test in really stressful conditions. So, you know, I think that's one of the key components to the seed companies that are succeeding and getting ahead. They've got lineups that can handle diverse weather conditions. They understand how to place products, um, and they're you know they're really bringing bringing great genetic advancement to the market and to growers every year. You know, when it comes to soybeans and the seed development out there, the management, the way the guys are growing beans now is has got to be a challenge for some of the 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 guys providing seed. Yeah, for sure, and I think. You know, we talked a lot about stressful conditions this year in 2023. I think 
one of the things that we have moved towards um, at Cropland pretty strongly is a wind pack. And so that's a yeah. somewhat of a unique concept in the industry, but we take two complementary varieties, maybe an offensive type variety, blend it with more of a defensive variety, and we're able to achieve all or even a little bit more yield, but mitigate some of that risk um, of really having a you know a low yield or sort of a disaster scenario on an acre. So that's a unique concept, and it's really designed, and we spend the extra time and the extra effort to do something like that just because we know how important it is to be able to handle diverse weather conditions, um, whatever Mother Nature throws at you, whatever you know diverse soil types that you might find in the same field. Uh, we've got products that can handle that sort of environment. So that's, you know, we believe that offers a lot of value to the grower. Boy, Jeff, that sums things up for you right there. Thanks. Good to talk with you. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here, Chip. Thank you. All right. That is Jeff Hart's marketing manager for Cropland. Gail Strotman is a regional tech manager for FMC, joins us right now. Gail, it's good to see you again. Good to see you, Chip. Welcome to the NAFB. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Um, when the planting season comes around, we all think about going on offense. All right, let's yeah. let's push it, let's push it, let's push it. Yeah. Uh, let's build this yield as fast as we can. A lot of times, a good offense starts with a good defense and protecting that crop right from the get-go. What has FMC got planned to help us do that? Well, yeah, it's like you said. When we go when we go into the field, you know, of course, the biggest thing is putting seed in the ground. But yeah. we've got a huge investment in equipment that we're going across the field. And with the advancements in technology with planters and precision application, we can now utilize that equipment to gain efficiencies by putting, uh, you know, like I said, crop protection products out. FMC's got a, a wide portfolio of at-plant products. And so we just want to bring attention to utilizing that, that time of year and that application to take advantage of some of those um, opportunities to gain those efficiencies going across the field. Whether we're talking about um, insect products, um, like our Capture uh, products that have been out there forever. But then you think about Ethos brands, um, which are a combination of insecticide, but now bring seedling disease control with that to help that uh, stand get off to a better start and a more consistent start. And then we talk about our foliar fungicides like Zyway. Well, that's been a game changer where now we get foliar disease control, but we utilize the planter to put it on. And then we think about we've got multiple platforms to do this with. We've got this, the old traditional liquid at plant that you combine with fertilizers, but then we have our Thrive foam system. And now we have a seed treatment platform as well. So we have three different uh, application ways to put many of these products on. So we continue to expand the ability of growers to utilize equipment that time of year to gain efficiencies. Gail, you and I have known each other for 15 years, 20 years. Yeah. Did you ever think that they'd be doing this much with one pass? I, I You could envision it and you could always see, man, I, if, if we could only do this or if we could only do that. And a lot of times it just takes um, a lot of persistence, a lot of patience, and a lot of uh, getting, you know, you got to get a headache over it and yeah. figure out how to get it done because Rome wasn't built in a day. And so being able to uh, to continue to build these things um, has been really exciting to see and see them come to fruition. And then a lot of times the, the results of them are, are a lot of times more than you even expect. Yeah. So it's been a really, really exciting journey. Okay. So with the technology that you guys provide for that at plant yep. crop protection, does it make you nervous that guys are maybe pushing the envelope a little bit on that planning date? 
Well, but but if they're going to be doing that, that's when you talk. You mentioned we got to have a little bit of defense. We got we got to. It, it's all about risk management. And so if we're gonna we're gonna take advantage of the opportunities to get into the field and cover more acres like that, and and try to use, um, you know, early planning as an opportunity to do that. We've also got to understand what the risks are with that, and how do we protect ourselves. And so that's where, like I said, many of our our biofungicides like um, Zeronar and uh, and Ethos can really help guys manage that risk so that um, it lessens the chances of them having a problem and they can take advantage of that early opportunity to uh, to get crop in the ground. Right. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, you mentioned the fungicides. In in a lot of cases, when, when times have been pretty good in the grain markets, yep. it's just a no-brainer. Right. You go with it. Right. The outlook is that margins are going to be tightening up. They might be thinking twice about that yeah. fungicide application. What do you tell them? Well, when you you know when the, when the margins tighten up, then it becomes really important to focus on okay, how do I maximize my return on investment? Yeah. How do I maximize my yield on that acre? Because if I can't if I can't gain my profit through the price piece, I'm going to have to make sure I'm producing every bushel off that acre and having as consistent a yield response across my acres as I can. So that's really where like I said, a product like our Ethos Elite is going to pay off. You're going to see a positive ROI on that um, more more often than not. And uh, and so as you think about um, trying to maximize your input on that acre and get a return on investment, you got to look at the data and look at the yield response that we get from those kind of products. And we're very confident that you'll get it out of our, our, our um, insecticide biofungicide products um, that we're using that plant. That's when defense becomes offense. That's when defense becomes offense. You are correct. All right, Gail, good to see you again, buddy. Good to see you, Chip. Thank you. Yep. All right, that is Gail Strotman. He is regional tech manager for FMC. We'll be back with more AgriTalk here in a moment. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. My mom's got a new case IH tractor, and it can do it all. Bail hay all day. See in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Ship like a race car? Steer with ease. And it can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her Case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out CaseIH.com. Go on the offensive against weeds with Antares Complete from Helena. Antares Complete eliminates early weed competition with long-lasting residual control of broadleaf weeds and grasses. With a balanced premix of three herbicides, Antares Complete combats herbicide resistance and helps soybeans achieve a faster, more vigorous start to the season. Take a tactical first strike against weeds and protect your soybeans early with Antares Complete. Always follow label instructions and check registration before use. Contact your Helena representative to learn more. The truth is hard to come by these days unless you listen to AgriTalk. 
Welcome back to AgriTalk, talking now with Dr. David Sherbrin. He's a veterinarian uh, with Bowringer Ingelheim. And um, David, th- we've got the new FDA guidance on antibiotic use. We need to make sure that guys are doing things right out there and that they got a program in place to work with their veterinarian to make sure that they're taking care of their animals. Tell us about it. Yeah, that's correct, Chip. So the uh, FDA, Center for Veterinary Medicine, um, Guidance for Industry 263, came out this past June. What that does is it basically takes the remaining uh, antibiotics that were over-the-counter and converts those to a prescription status. So penicillins, tetracyclines, uh, calf boluses, mastitis tubes, all those types of drugs are all now prescription. First, first key there is just obviously to work with a veterinarian because, yeah. you know, you have to have a veterinary client-patient relationship with a veterinarian. Um, and, you know, let's take a look at your cattle, help to, you know, decide which are the best drugs you're needing at that, at that time point for that current issue you're facing. Um, you know, that's, that's uh, an important part of this. This is just have judicious antibiotic use because we're really trying to prevent antibiotic resistance issues into the future help cattle health and then help you know food safety as well i think a lot of cattlemen thought right up front that this meant that they were going to have to have a bed on the farm if if a calf needed a shot that's not that's not accurate is it they can still administer but they just have to have that relationship with their veterinarian to make sure that they are doing the right things at the right time Correct. Yeah, the, okay. the veterinarian just has to write the prescription. Uh, most oftentimes, the the producer will purchase the drugs from the veterinarian, but there's also possibilities of, of purchasing those drugs from outside sources. Um, but the key there is, yeah, the veterinarian does not have to be on the farm for every sick animal that you want to give antibiotics to. Yeah. Does not have to administer it. It's no different than any of the other antibiotics that were previously prescription. You can go into your veterinarian. So you're having this issue, they can sell you a bottle of antibiotic and can use it for that particular animal and then other animals in the future. But it's just good to have the veterinarian involved. That way, if, you know, something's not going quite right, they can help you work through those issues. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, When a load of calves, a load of feeder cattle show up on your farm, you want to make sure that they're in about as best health as they can be when they roll off. And that includes... Uh, you know, you might want to hit them and worm them first thing they do when they step off that, that truck. Uh, what, do, what do we not need to think about when it comes to worming cattle? Yeah, when it comes to worming cattle, and this, I'll sound like a broken record, but always involve your veterinarian, talk with your veterinarian, because they know what, what issues are going on in, that cur- in your location. But then also they might know what's going on in the location those cattle are coming from. Yeah. Um, but it's very important to get these cattle dewormed because the uh, worms actually have an effect um, on the immune system that can actually depress the immune system. So if you have a high worm burden, um, those cattle, you know, they're stressed from the trip and everything else. They're more likely to get sick if they're carrying worms. So we can get those cattle dewormed as soon as possible. We can get those cattle healthier, gain in weight faster, and then have just higher productivity. Yeah. With, with the cost of that animal when it steps off the truck now, David, uh, you you want to do everything that you possibly can to avoid any of those shipping sicknesses. What else do we need to think about? Yeah, I mean, it, 
you know, as far as the worms go, we got the, the immune issues. Um, you know, if we're getting rid of worms and we're increasing the rate of gain, you know, if you're bringing in heifers for breeding, you're going to yep. help with the reproductive issues. You know, they have probably better conceptions, um, yep. earlier calving with those heifers as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Very good. Thank you, David. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Chip. All right. That is Dr. David Sherburn. He is with Bowringer Ingelheim. Yep. That is some great counsel right there, David. Keep the gut in those animals healthy, and you can expect peak performance in your livestock operation. I'll have a little bit more on that thought here in just a little bit. Okay, guys. At the start of the show, we talked about what we learned in 2023 that will help make us help us make decisions in 2024. We started with interest rates. Interest rates were such a huge story in 2023. I think they're, they're, it, what happens with interest rates in 2024 right now is, uh, is the leader in what will be the story of the year in 2024. We fleshed some of that out in the, in the opening uh, segment. I just don't, I think that the the expectations of interest rate cuts have gotten too aggressive at this point. We're going to have to scale that back and uh, reevaluate for 2024. In segment three, we talked about the potential for a record yield, how genetics are helping us get there, how crop protection is helping us get there, how management of the crop is helping us get there. I want to talk just briefly about how that will influence your marketing decisions with with the expectations of a 2.1 billion bushel corn crop left over at the end of the 2023-24 marketing year 245 million bushels of beans that's tight it's a 5.9% stocks to use ratio it's not a burdensome supply of beans but nonetheless we've got adequate supplies of uh, of corn and soybeans expected to be left over at the end of the 23-24 marketing year. As we talk about the expectations of what yields will be, especially for this corn market in the year ahead, that's going to put a cap on rallies. What that should be doing is is putting you in a mode that it is time to sell rallies. You know, we'll talk more about that this afternoon. I don't think there's any question. I also mentioned consumer resiliency at the start of the show. It is going to be tested. It will be a critical component of how the cattle market trades in 2024. High-quality beef cuts have always been an affordable luxury for consumers to enjoy at home. It's an affordable luxury until it's not. And you know what I think about the affordability situation in this country. It's not very affordable. Okay, we'll see how that affects the market. Come back this afternoon, conversation about what to expect in 2024 with Tanner Emke from CoBank. Happy New Year. This is AgriTalk. For all lang syne.